0: Hey everybody, welcome to hmm. Table Chat Live. I feel like we need some, I um, guess feel like we need some uh, uh, some theme music for this, for this thing. For the table chats? Some. Yeah, theme music. Wouldn't that be fun? Buddy. Yeah. Wouldn't that be fun? What should it be?
1: You got a little guitar back there. Let's do it. All
0: right, here we go. <laughs> this, by the way, is a ukulele. All right, here it is. I'm going to adjust theme my music? microphone. Theme music. Here we go. All right. We're in tune. Is that in tune? Sounds yeah. yeah. Um, table chat live. No, here we go. <laughs> table chat live. All right. That's a work in progress. <laughs> Is that it? Is all you got? It's going to be hard to follow. Yeah, them. Don't, <laughs> not, no. It just gets better from here. Just stuff folks. out there. Just throwing stuff out. Uh,
1: table chat live. Yeah. Mm. Hmm.
0: Well, yeah, we're uh, we're here. Uh, if you are just uh, joining us, if you don't know what you're watching, um hopefully you haven't tuned out yet. Um, we are uh, uh, this on behalf of the table. Um hmm. we're talking each week after our sermon, we're doing a sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount. We are reading through this book by Sky Gitani together. We are preaching through the Sermon on the Mount. And we're also reading through this book with uh, by Lee Camp, Scandalous Witness. Um, and we thought that in addition to the sermons each week, we would just have a live kind of podcast recording that you can interact with. Uh, we'll publish this on our podcast feed as well, the recording of this. And uh, just to talk about further, right, the themes uh, that came out of the sermon um, and just kind of anything, anything that comes up that we feel like might be edifying for y'all. Mm. So you guys ready to be edifying? <laughs> Hopefully it's more edifying than that little song that I sang uh, in this falsetto. <laughs>
1: Well, I wasn't, it wasn't unedifying Ben. Here
0: we go. It yeah. just didn't have kind of neutral.
1: Well, yes, but it did waste some people's time. They could have been praying without ceasing and they were listening to that song. So
0: no, if you are good at praying without ceasing, you can do it when you listen to that song. So, all right. Oh, yeah. Well, this I past Sunday, I mean, yeah.
1: this past Sunday, Spencer, uh, Deacon oh. Spencer, uh, preached, on um, the first section last week, uh, Ben just introduced it and, uh, I don't even remember the verses you preached on Ben. I don't know if those are Repent important. for the
0: kingdom of heaven is at hand. It was oh, the, okay. it was the, it was the, uh, the bookends of the whole sermon. What's the context of oh. the sermon? We got into yeah. the sermon last week with Spencer preaching on yep. the Beatitudes.
1: On the Beatitudes. So, uh, Spencer, while, uh, while Ben responds to Douglas crew here in the comments, it looks like he's looking <laughs> for some worship leading. Would you give just a, uh, a, a summary of what you proclaimed and then we we can chat about it.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Beatitudes I think are very familiar to most people but they are we don't have a natural way into them I don't think usually I mm-hmm. think we are very tempted to take them as prescriptive by Jesus as uh, as if he's giving us a formula for how to become blessed because mm-hmm. we are want to do that with basically whatever we're given I think um, and so the good news is that, they are not prescriptive that he's actually describing what the kingdom of heaven looks like and what the kingdom of heaven looks like is that the people that are at the end of the rope or typically we would think are maybe even last in line are the people that are in front of line in front of the line to, to step into kingdom life. Um,
1: yeah. Great. Awesome, man. And do, you, do you remember your good news proclamation? Your good news for us.
2: Yeah, it's uh, I can't pull my notes up for some reason right now. But no. uh, I think the part that I, really stuck out to me is maybe the best news is that when you feel like you're at the end of your rope, you're at the front of the line. It's not the wealthy or the well-connected, but it's the overlooked and the overworked uh, mm-hmm. and a couple other O's. The outcasts. That are, I remember
0: that one. The outcasts, the outcasts that
2: are in the pole position for Kingdom Life.
1: Yeah, dude. Yeah. It was such good news. So, mm-hmm. some of the ways we, we often turn the Beatitudes into a list of prescriptions, like you got to be poor, you got to be meek. We somehow make these make these virtues. But what what you named is important. Is Jesus was speaking to a group of people who were meek and poor in spirit and hungered and thirst for righteousness right? And he's saying, you're blessed too. Mm. You're blessed too. It's, it's not just the strong and the powerful and those who get whatever they want that are blessed. You know, they're blessed. They tell you all the time and you feel it because you're starving (laughs) and you know, all kinds of injustices are perpetrated for you, but you too, these, Mm -hmm. these peasants gathered on a mountain in the middle of the day, not earning the labor wage that you need, or maybe you can't find a job.
0: Like you're Mm -hmm. blessed too.
1: Yeah. Man.
0: And I like, uh, I like how uh, it's even, uh, it's even beyond that where, like, I like how you brought in the, I can't remember if we talked about this or if you put this in your sermon, Spencer. So bonus content, I guess, if you didn't put it in your sermon. But like Luke's version of the Beatitudes also has mm. the woes attached to yes. it, right? Which yeah. would have been resonating with a Jewish audience, which is, you know, who Matthew is writing yeah. to. Yeah. Because, because it's, it's even more than, hey, you're blessed too. It's more like, actually, you're more blessed than the people who think they're blessed. Because, like, the thing that you really need, the thing that's the, the life that's really life, is coming to you first. And, uh, yeah. and you're, you know, like, I'm not hanging out in the temple, uh, with the Pharisees, I'm not hanging out with kings, I'm hanging out with you, and I'm bringing you the, the like, you've got this direct experience. Um, you're first in line. The last shall be first. I think that's a, that's a, like that, that whole theme of reversal is really, uh, huge. You know, there's some Magnificat kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, resonances there that I really, I really liked.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I I think, uh, that the woes did not make it into the sermon, uh, trying to fit it all into 10 minutes and stuff, but that, that is what's, I mean, that was very challenging for me specifically. I mean, I think I resonate a lot more with uh, the woe than mm. the blessed bees uh, honestly I, I see myself a lot more in that list and so then it's always a question of what's yeah. up with this you know what's yeah. so good about this news i don't know
0: yeah yeah um
2: but i yeah. think i don't feel you know, like tra-
0: yeah yeah, go ahead. What you
2: right. I, I just don't naturally see myself in the list of who Jesus is saying is blessed. In fact, in Luke, I see him saying, you know, woe to Spencer, basically.
0: Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: but I think uh, the good news for me in that even, or for other people that would resonate with that is that, um, you know, I think the people that are meek or the poor in spirit or the mourning the obstacles to that kingdom life of like self-sufficiency or the, you know, pseudo self-sufficiency have been removed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, the good news is that, Hey, you don't have to be in denial about being at the end of your rope. You don't have to act like you have it all together. You know, I'm quarantined, pseudo quarantine. Now it's a little bit lighter than it was, but yeah, we've yeah. been mainly at home for the last however many months with our two year old and our five year old. And uh, I, I tend to, over function in a crisis and felt like God was speaking to me, Hey, like it's okay to not have it all together, to not have mm. parenting figured out and to feel, you know, confused or disappointed with how you're doing right now and to come to me and receive the kingdom is available to you today.
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Ellie Ellie just referenced the message translation of Matthew five, three. I'm going to read it. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope with less of you, there is more of God and his rule.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the, what you just described, Spencer, like permission to like not overcompensate or over function or power up. Like, per, like all oh, like the Beatitudes I hear you saying, they give you permission to counter maybe the, your default operating system, which is I'll be blessed if I conquer this hmm. or I'll be blessed if I power through. Or I'll be yep. blessed if if this five year old doesn't uh, stay up <laughs> all night and she stays in her bed.
0: Mm. Yeah. Totally. You know, well, that I, I mean, hypothetically. Yeah. Hey. Hey there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that really would be blessed. Let's not bring that into this. <laughs> <What's> this?
2: <laughs> you watch your mouth. Not your meddling.
1: <laughs> Enough of your meddling, Pastor. Yeah. So, like, I I think that's really good. I think um, there are many of us who, when the going gets tough, like we meet tough with tougher. Hmm.
2: Hmm.
1: and we over function and then there's many of us who when the going gets tough feel poor in spirit meek um hunger and thirst for justice but we get like trampled on and downtrodden right hmm. there's the powering up and the downtrodden and i think that the, the beatitudes speak to both of those people um and it's interesting how it, they speak to the powering up people
0: it's yeah for you to name that yeah i think that that is helpful I mean, you mentioned the term overfunctioning, um, and I, I resonate with that. I heard those terms overfunctioning, underfunctioning a while back. Um, I think on a Brené Brown podcast. But the um, like the I think that one of the key insights for me was that it's not better to overfunction than it is to underfunction. It's not mm-hmm. like some people know how to handle things and other people don't. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. which is maybe how I used to think about it. But it's like no, they're both they're both like coping strategies for when you are actually say poor in spirit, when you actually feel like, oh gosh, I don't know what to do. Like we've all got strategies for what to do there. But I think the Beatitudes are naming like, no, that actually like go back to that feeling of, of loss, of emptiness, of, of like, when I don't know what to do, go back there. And before you have a strategy for how to deal with it, like the kingdom of God meets you there, the Mm -hmm. kingdom of God meets you in your weakness, in your emptiness, in your brokenness, it meets you right there before you, before you do something about it, um, over function or underfunction. So,
2: yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, to me, I think like we will turn anything into like a shame based motivation tool if we can. And I think that we, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know that I personally have tried to do that with just about everything in scripture, definitely the beatitudes, but I think, um, I think like the overarching or the, uh, maybe the underlying is a better way of saying it. Good news. And this is presence in the mm-hmm. Beatitudes. And that's like, for me, hmm. I think one of the things that I was very much in touch with last week, and I mentioned this in the sermon was that one of my defense mechanisms is not allowing myself to feel emotions.
0: Mm.
2: And so it, it, uh, you know, it's front facing as a strength, right? Like I'm never shaken, you know, if somebody like right. uh, blind sides me out of nowhere, or I should be really nervous or embarrassed, I seem like I'm like cool and calm under pressure. Mm. And so I feel like it's doing good work for me. But the negative of that is um, I don't feel known. uh, I don't feel seen. I'm not allowing like God gave us emotion, all emotions, sadness. All these things are part of being an integrated person. And so like part of Mm -hmm. the bad news for me is that I'm not in touch with that or known in that. And I felt like the good news was, you know, that Jesus is saying is that, you know, one, I'm with you, and I see those, even if they're only in your heart, and they're not getting out in your non-expressive face. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> two, it's okay, you know, it's okay
0: to feel yeah. those feels. Yeah, that's, hmm. that's so great, man. Yeah, hmm. yeah, hmm. I caught your little reference there. Six out of ten. That was your yeah. emotional, like yeah. that, you realized that was your strategy. It's yeah. Like I'm just going to stay at a six. <laughs> that way, that way, I don't get too sad and. I don't get too overwhelmed by anything.
1: Yeah, and Joel. Yeah. Joel. Uh, Joel commented here. What's <laughs> it, what's it like to not feel emotions? You know, this is this is the uh, this is the great variety of people we have in our churches, right? Yeah. That that some of us, when I mean, th- this is kind of what I'm, Joel. Maybe I'm misspeaking for you, but I'll speak for me as another, as one of your comrades who also feels lots of emotions. Like when the going gets tough, I get on tilt a bit. Like I just get all the feels and I don't know what to do with them. Um, and I think uh, I sort of indulge those feelings and kind of shut down. And so what you, what you say, Spencer, you do is that you, you begin to feel maybe fear or maybe just a hint of weakness and you shut that, you lock that down, yeah, lock it
2: down. Just right? turn the volume down real slowly. Yeah. You can't feel it at all.
1: Yeah. You know, sometimes I wish I had other people's pathologies. Uh, and, uh, this is one of those times, like, it'd be really nice to be, <laughs> to be able to turn down the feels and just sort of power up. Like I, sometimes I watch my wife do that. Mm-hmm. Honey, if you're listening, I love you. And she, <laughs> she, she, she tends to overfunction in a crisis, you know? Yeah. So like if she's stressed out, the entire house gets cleaned. If she gets mm-hmm. stressed out, she goes through and reorganizes her closet. <laughs> if I get stressed out, I spend 20 minutes on Twitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And it just feels like, "Boy, I really wish I would, I don't know. I, I find myself being envious of overfunctioning."
2: I think I'm maybe doing a bad job of narrating the bad news then because it feels like crippling. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like it's it's not it's yeah. not good news to me. I feel like that not feeling known is uh it's like an immense weight that I feel in certain mm. times. Mm. Um, and, and it's like an inability to connect also, right? Like if you kind of are, you know, showing that you're cold, then there's only so much empathy that people can feel from
0: you. Um,
2: yeah. yeah, And I'm learning a ton from, I'm sorry, go ahead,
0: Ben. Say, say more. You're learning a ton.
2: Well, I was just gonna say, I'm learning a ton from my five-year-old Cameron, Mm -hmm. uh, who just will, she's so good at naming her emotions. Like yesterday, Really, I can't even remember what she was upset about, but yesterday she was, uh, she accidentally spilled a drink of Mallory's in the house and it like went straight down our vent. Mm-hmm. And so like, we're both like Mallory and I are both like scrambling, like, oh my gosh, like, it, what do we even do about this? Do so we just like yeah. let it, we're just going to let it dry in the vent. And then our house is going to smell like <laughs> uh, pineapple LaCroix or whatever <laughs> it is. Um, and so we, then we like try to calm down and tell Cameron like, Hey, we're not mad at you. It's just an accident. We get it. And then she's like just drawing on a piece of paper and she draws, she's like, this is you and you, and you're mad. And this is me. And I'm sad. I'm like, Oh, great. That must be, it must be so nice to be that in touch with it. Um, Holy cow, dude. That's so but awesome, she, man. Yeah. And then she like, especially with the pandemic, she's been really great about naming just very obvious things that I don't give myself permission to say. Yeah. Like we were watching the Indy 500, and before the race started, they they were just kind of talking about there being nobody in the crowd, and naming that it was because of COVID nineteen. And she just looked over at me. She's like, "This virus is the worst." <laughs> and I was just like, "Yeah, like I should just say that every day, once a day, and like this stinks. Just, this is not get how life is supposed it. to be." Yeah, yeah yes. but I don't say that. I'm just like, no, I got to power through this and get stuff done. It doesn't matter about a virus, you know?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. I, I was going to say, that's why we need the good news, you know, because it does seem, it seems like a better thing to be able to shut down these emotions, to be able to kind of over function in a crisis, like all that kind of thing. But that's why we need the good news that you proclaimed is like, no, that, that actually isn't what you need. That yeah. actually isn't the secret to life. It's not the secret to blessedness. Um, so, yeah. That's great. Yeah.
1: All right. So then what, what do we do about this? We're talking a little bit about how we respond to this today. But I don't know if you guys can think of, um, you know, I think I really think this is one of the things that I'm reminded again about the Sermon on the Mount is that Jesus didn't sit down in some pristine ivory tower and write this contextualist, timeless uh, sermon. But rather, you know, he's he's his disciples are sitting there. The crowds come to him. He's on a hillside of Galilee or Judea, and he gives a timely word to a real people and living in a real context. Um, As I prepare to preach this Sunday, I'm thinking about that a lot. So like, I mean, who's blessed then Spencer today? Hmm. Like who does Jesus, who comes to a sermon by Jesus today and Jesus looks at them and says, you're blessed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think it's, I mean, I think so much of it is the same that is kind of, Hmm. I think we all, oftentimes assume that there's a huge difference between now and then I think one of the main similarities is just uh, like finances right like Mm. we still perceive as maybe especially in America as like the main object that determines your blessedness is financials and your financial freedom and uh, I think especially right now you know that's not the case for a lot of people there's not a ton of finances. I mean, a ton of people have lost their jobs or things are shifting constantly. Um, So I think that's one that's very obvious. And I think then there's others that are a lot, I mean, maybe they're obvious or maybe not, but I I think, I think the first people that come to mind for me are the people that have been excluded from the church or ostracized from faith communities. I think of people of different sexual orientations. Um, When I think of the amount of like the wedge that's driven between the church of Christ and people that identify of different sexual orientations. I just, I feel overwhelmed by it because it's just decades and decades of hate and ignorance. And I think the only way back from that is for, for Jesus to proclaim to those people, you know, you are blessed. You are blessed in the midst of this.
1: There's almost a cursed, cursed are you when you are. LGBTQIA+, plus. yeah, uh, absolutely. In our in our culture, yeah, yeah, that's good, Spencer. I'm thinking about. Um, I think it's a really good word that most of the people that Jesus says are blessed, like the meek, the people who don't have any power or say so or status. Like that's there's a lot of those people that just don't feel blessed, but then I also think about how like we have we have hashtag blessed. Like ourselves into a problem with the word blessed, right? So you got yeah. like, uh, I could go out tonight and sit on my back patio and my furniture next to my bougie fire pit, which by the way, guys, <laughs> I, I just bought some uh, hickory wood and some cherry wood to burn in my fire pit yesterday. And so uh, you better believe i want to do that tonight.
0: It is a really bougie um, fire pit. I mean, I have the same model, but I have generic uh, firewood. So I think I have high ground here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh um <laughs> enjoy enjoy that lofty position on the high ground i'll be on the low ground here with jesus no so anyway
0: that's right i, for, I forgot what we you're talking about yeah, the, the shoot it's not the high yeah, ground yeah, yeah. yeah uh
1: get get more holy so um but anyway like i could take a picture in my backyard tonight and put it up on instagram and just say you know hashtag blessed and i don't think that's how jesus was using that word i don't hmm. think he was saying you're going to have the perfect suburban life if you're meek. Right. Yeah. So like, so there's, there's a, been a there's a blessing here. That's not, um, that's not the way we use it, which I think then like, if we were to say, blessed are the unemployed or, or, um, blessed, um, you know, blessed are those who can't trust the police. Like we're not, we're not saying you're going to be sitting on your back porch, taking Instagram photos. Mm-hmm. like what What are we saying guys like what does what does it mean to be blessed
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I think that's I mean that is why to me the underlying good news does feel like presence in a big way and this is yeah. that hey it, it can be a little overwhelming when you're trying depending on who you're trying to proclaim this to because some of it can sure. be interpreted as like tongue in cheek right Yeah. like if you're speaking to somebody that's in poverty and they're not sure how to feed their family. And you're just like, Hey, you're blessed. Uh, Let me get out of here though. You're more blessed than me. Um, But I think presence is like, it's the crucial variable there, right? Like that not only is God present with these people, but also I think that's our calling as the body of Christ too, right? Not just to like helicopter in and declare you're blessed and then helicopter back out, but to be in it with people in the midst of, all these struggles that they're
0: going on right now. So when you say presence, you're talking the the presence of God is, and the presence of the kingdom, right. It is part of the good news here that it's, and it's not always, I'm thinking about, you know, the, this, uh, scandalous witness book that we're reading through. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about Lee camp's second proposition here where he says the end of history has already begun. And he talks about this, this already in the not yet of the kingdom. Um, and there is an already of the kingdom that Jesus is proclaiming to people, right? Mm. That doesn't necessarily issue forth in, you know, hashtag blessed Instagram, you know, kind of posts or whatever. Mm. Um, but th- that has to have some content for the present, though, not just the future. I think that's the challenge mm. that I've found when I am when I preach the Beatitudes. The challenge I find is, is how to, like, actually access what is... Like, where is the blessing? Like, how if the kingdom of God is present? What does that mean? Like, how do I latch onto that? Not just as a future hope, but as a present reality. And how do I find it in the midst of my poverty? In the midst of my poor poverty of spirit. In the midst of my sadness. Like, where is it? You know. Um, And I think Mm -hmm. that's that's a difficult. It's a difficult question. But I think I like that's a compelling idea to me that that it does involve. The, the presence of the kingdom, that there is something for us to reach out toward and the presence of the body of Christ, right? That this gets manifested. And this is one of the main uh, thrusts of this chapter from Lee camp is that the evidence that the that new creation has come, that the mm-hmm. kingdom is here is manifest in the Christian community where it's like, well, we used to fight uh, each other and hate each other, but now we don't. But the, the risk in that, right, is that that's not always true. You know mm-hmm. that that you know, and I think there's a there's a strong indictment of the Christian community in the West in America that could be leveled to say, "Where's the, where's the kingdom in this?" You know. So anyway, mm-hmm. I don't have any answers. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that's a mm-hmm. challenge that I've felt when I think about the beatitudes. Yeah. Mm. Well, have Let's, we said it with all every, boys? with every eye? Closed. And,
1: um, <laughs> um, I guess uh, one other thing I want to just mention as I think about the Beatitudes. Uh, this isn't the first time. Um, can you guys hear my kids screaming outside?
0: Yeah, I was wondering whose was, kids are. I was right?
1: worried if
2: that was my kids. Or, yeah,
1: okay. Those, <laughs> those are my kids. They're screaming. Um, I don't think they're get. There's no cars involved or wild animals. <laughs> I think they're just having fun. They're everything, having fun.
0: Everything. It does sound like squeals of joy.
1: Okay, good. Um. <laughs> uh, it was borderline. The yeah. word righteousness occurs <laughs> here, right? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Yeah. And is yeah. it for theirs is the kingdom of God? Is that it? Yeah,
0: I think so. I think so. Yeah? yeah.
1: All right. Well, um, so here's something that this this is what I would love to unpack in a class. But um, the word righteousness uh, is the word diak- diakasune, and that word is a translation, a Greek translation of the Hebrew word setakah. Uh, and it 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 means righteousness, like um comporting to God's will, but it also means justice. It also means like there's like a there's a this world evidential demonstration of things being right mm-hmm. to the word righteousness. Yeah. But but our problem is as Christians as 21st century. Uh, Christians. We, we come from a theological heritage that has made righteousness sort of a spiritual entity. It's a, we've spiritualized righteousness, right? So we, we have imputed righteousness or the righteousness of Christ is ours. And so it's all abstract, right? Yeah. But, but when, when Jesus says, blessed are you, when you hunger and thirst for justice, for yours is the kingdom of God. Um, I think that speaks directly to like people in our world who see injustice. I I just Mm -hmm. talked to, I just, I just had a cohort and um, this guy was saying that like um, he had an emergency in his building and he had this ministry in his building and they had to move down the street to another building while they, while this emergency got taken care of for like a month and a half. Mm -hmm. And then, and then this ministry came back into his building It was a daily ministry and uh a month later the director of this ministry was like i'm going to that other church i quit and i'm taking the entire staff with me whoa and and and, and my my friend was like well he went to talk to the pastor and he's like hey this is weird um you know you housed this ministry for a month and uh now um everybody's like you basically stole this ministry and huh. and they were like well i'm sorry you feel that way it wasn't our intent Mm. And they, and so he was noticing like, this feels like a deep injustice. This feels Mm -hmm. like an awful thing happened to me, but no one will name it as an injustice. And he's gaslighting me. He's telling me, basically, this is your problem. There's nothing to see here. Right. Yeah. Uh, He, you know, and he, and he's like, um, (laughs) yeah. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is he, he hungers and thirsts for justice here to happen. But he has no hope at will. And in, the only way for it to, to have, there to be any semblance of justice, if, if he goes on this vigilante, vindictive, <laughs> like burn it all down, you know what yeah. I mean, which would just ruin his own soul. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's a white dude, like we are, and he's not used to being on the wrong side of power. He's not used to somebody mm-hmm. using power against him in a way that brings injustice on him, in a way that he has no recourse to. No recourse. Right. And, uh, I just think so many people are hunger, hungering and thirsting for justice.
0: Yeah. Mm.
1: And have been doing so for centuries Mm
0: -hmm.
1: even right. That, um, if we were to use the word justice instead of righteousness throughout the sermon on the Mount, how much more like this worldly would it become? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I know I I just got into teacher mode there, but
0: (laughs) that's okay. I, I, uh, and I think it's, it's, uh, you, you, you laid this out before. Sorry. I'm going to, sorry. I only heard that. I was the only one who heard that. It was my phone ringing. <laughs> I thought, Hey, hey Ben, we're, world going we're recording. You should turn your phone on. I know I should. Uh, that is, that is something I should do. <laughs> what was I going to say? I got distracted. Oh, uh, I remember. I've said it before. I, uh, uh, well, yeah, you said it before. Stop like repeating you yourself. I think you were words. saying. <laughs> You link these two words. And so to replace the word, you know, justice with righteousness, it wouldn't be a violation of the text, you know, just to, just to be clear, like, no, you can put it in there and it would actually help to bring some clarity to what Jesus is saying. Um, And that, that, that gets back to, I think this already in the not yet, like I think we need both the present proclamation that you are blessed. Like that's a present tense blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, but we also need the future hope. Right. For they shall be filled; like they will be, it will be okay. God mm-hmm. will bring His justice, right? And that is the only thing that's going to prevent someone from going on a vigilante, you know, uh, a vigilante uh, mission. Yeah, is to trust. Okay, God's going to take care of this. Um, and I think you know, for those who have been oppressed, marginalized for a long time, and have maintained hope in the face of that for centuries. Mm-hmm. I think we have a lot mm-hmm. as, you know, white dudes on this call, you know, and uh, in general, people who have held power, I think have a lot to learn from how those who've experienced injustice for a long time have held on to hope. Uh, because the future hope has to be part of this, right? Because it's like you have to name, oh, this, is, this isn't this is right yet. Like your blessedness in the present is not necessarily the same thing as like God's will being done perfectly on earth as it is in heaven. That's something we wait for. We long for, we pray for, we work for. Um, But it's ultimately something that's in God's hands. We trust him with.
2: For sure. I think, I mean, this is something that has really, I think has probably been obvious long before this, but has, I've heard people talking about this a lot recently is just, it's something that the white church and white people in general really can learn from the black church in America. uh, Because, Yes. we don't, we don't know what it's like to be on the wrong side of power very frequently. Mm-hmm. And when we are, we don't know how to respond without lashing out usually, or mm-hmm. making there be some kind of revolution, yeah. you know, in that moment. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but our call as Christ followers is to, you know, to refuse not to love those people that are doing the injustice while still mm-hmm. hungering and thirsting for it. Yeah. Um, which is something that's foreign to me. I mean, completely. I haven't been in those situations.
1: Yeah. Larry, that's a great question. I'm wondering if we can hunger for justice before we experience being the victim of injustice. Mm. Uh, Yeah, I think so. I I think having empathy. Uh, is learning how, to, learning how to connect to someone else's experience and internalizing their experience to the degree, to the degree mm-hmm. that you, you can fathom a portion of what they're experiencing.
0: Yes. Without, without needing to. I mean, I think, yes, experiencing injustice, that will do it. But I do think there is an important, like you don't need to necessarily if you can find your way into empathy. If you can, you know, hold someone else's experience before you and take it into yourself, um, Hmm. you know, sufficiently enough that you can, I think, I mean, that's been my experience, like just listening to friends who've experienced injustice. Yeah. Um, But also like, I'm thinking about this book I'm almost done with now called the, uh, this is Isabel Wilkerson, uh, The Warmth of Other Suns. And it is an extended experience of empathy for me because she follows these, uh, these three, characters from the great migration, basically like from the 19 somethings to the, all the way to the end of the century, um, just follows their stories and just tells. she is super great book, but she just tells their stories in this long extended way. And I find myself just being drawn into these stories and, uh, just the, I mean, just the, the regular (laughs) everyday injustices Mm -hmm. these people faced for a long Mm -hmm. time is just, it's just (laughs) astonishing that, that they can maintain hope. Anyway.
2: Yeah. I think that's part of why the good news resonates with me as presence, because that is one of the only ways that's one of the only imaginations I have for saying yes to this is by mm -hmm. being present to people that are experiencing these things. And I think, especially what I named about myself earlier as somebody that has, put defenses in place to not make myself feel worse than a six emotionally, <laughs> yeah. it can be super hard to be present in those situations. I mean, yeah. yes. just even on a national scale, right. With everything that's in the news, people tend to tune out after a little bit. It's like, ah, oh, another, mm-hmm. another person. I can't care mm-hmm. about this every day, guys. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. But that is exactly what the call of the yeah. body of Christ is, is to be present yeah. to that every day. And I think it's like, I think we overcomplicate that a lot. It's like, how, how can we do this in our community? Let's figure out a way to be creative and do it. It's like, just be present to people yeah. that are hurting. Go and be yeah. present to them, yeah. to their pain. Right.
1: For All sure. right. That's good. All right. That's probably enough. Probably. Right. Anything, anything more to share?
0: Oh, this song. Joel sang this song uh, at the end of our service. Oh, yeah. So good. I think I
2: told Mal after church, I need to sit by Ben every Sunday at church because I just love
0: hearing him harmonize. So (laughs) we can maybe end with another rendition of the Table Chat Live song. (laughs) I'm not sure sure anybody's clamoring for that.
1: Um, (laughs) (laughs) They may be. The peoples may need it but um, they might, they might. Uh, yeah. So we'll be back next week. We'll yep. talk about uh, the uh, righteousness exceeding that of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Do not murder. I'm excited.
0: Yes. I gave a it should 30 be pretty th- straightforward.
1: I gave a 30 second summary at staff meeting. It was, yeah, you it was did. Yeah. It's pretty boss.
0: 30 seconds. Yep. That's yeah. Yeah, true. You, you claimed it was going to be a 30 second summary and then I took some license and then, uh, and then I fell asleep and the, no, it just
1: shouldn't it. surprise <laughs> you.
0: It doesn't surprise. So. All
1: right. I love you table.
0: Yep. Love you all. Peace we'll peace see you next time.